you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market moving insight and analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are giving back some of Monday's uh, record highs amid a truckload of news. Retail earnings, Amazon launching pharmacy, Tesla into the S&P, Berkshire's 13F, and much more. Retail sales were light, but up for a sixth month. Our roadmap begins with the Amazon drugstore. The retail giant will ship prescriptions to Prime members. CVS, Walgreens, Rite Aid all take a hit. Plus, the COVID consumer Walmart, Home Depot, and Kohl's among the retailers that are reporting earnings today. Walmart, by the way, another one, says e-commerce sales up 79%. And Elon Musk's Billions, Tesla's getting a spot in the S&P 500. It is amongst the highest valued companies to ever enter the benchmark index. And Musk is on track to become number three. That is, Carl, the third richest person in the world. Indeed, guys. But we'll start with the, the retail picture this morning. Jim, you've been pretty vocal as to the investor response on Home Depot and Walmart, I guess that's related to the news out of Amazon. Yeah, but look, but by the way, those stocks do tend to run up in the quarter and then they sell off. So that's uh, nothing new. Uh, a more aggressive Amazon is always something we have to pay attention to. Uh, I remember when Amazon built, bought pill packs, uh, the, this, uh, the drugstores got killed. Uh, I also point out that Walmart's uh, online uh, David, that, that's not going to go away. Now, you could argue someone's going to argue that's the peak. I would argue that that Amazon and Walmart have taken so much share in this country and that you cannot dismiss what Walmart's done in terms of permanence, David. It's not just the pandemic. No. They have really changed the way people think. And I think a lot of people in New York are snobs. They don't understand how Walmart has integrated itself into the part of about 200 million people's lives. Yeah, well, listen, there's lots of space that Walmart could conceivably avail itself in New, of in New York City to change people's minds. They could create a superstore, given how much space there is in terms of retail right now. You know, you said a newly aggressive or more aggressive uh, Amazon, Jim. Yeah. Um, Amazon's never anything but aggressive, and I think that shows it today. Good I've point. made this point, point before. I mean, put in relentless.com. And what do you get? What does it send you to? Oh, no, we really? Know. Yeah, of course. You know that. I brought this up before. Well, it I mean, sends you well, to Amazon. We've been waiting um, for this. You're right. absolutely right. And we've, we've been, been waiting, waiting for, for it. There is nothing that Amazon won't. I mean, they just continue to constantly be as aggressive as they possibly can be. And this is an opportunity in terms of pharmaceuticals that has been one that people have been focused on for the company for some time, certainly since the announcement of the deal to acquire PillPack, which was back in June of 2018, uh, June 28, 2018, they announced that. And then the licenses that we saw them take, obviously a lot of them were from medical devices over some period of time. People were focused on that and saying, no, they're not going to necessarily compete, Jim, in pharmacy. But then the PillPack acquisition, then questions, then CBC.com even reporting, right? What was that uh, last early this year that they um, trademarked Amazon Pharmacy 
uh, in all sorts of places, international trade. All right, so did GoodRx so, beat, beat the uh, Grim Reaper by coming public? How about the fact, did, are they uh, decisive enough to go against CBS and Walmart? I mean, CBS and, I'm sorry, CBS and, uh, I'd say, who else is going to get the Walgreens? Right, they're both going to get the vaccine. Oh, the vaccine, right. right. But McCassin, we, all right, let's, let's start with the good RX as a company you followed closely. We had Doug Hirsch on, what, Friday? Yeah. I mean, it's down 19%. Does it deserve to be? Um, let's get them on. Uh, I think that Walmart seems to be offering a similar service to them, except for we're prime members. We don't have to rethink everything or go to the drugstore. Uh, look, I think that I think that when you look at, at, at Amazon, David, the fact is we're all going to evaluate whether we shouldn't be buying our, farm, our pharmaceuticals right. there. Just a, just, I, we have to. Right. And That's the way you, America is. Carl, I mean, you can just I get so it with much your, food. With your grocery shopping. I mean, 80 percent right. of outpatient prescriptions, about a 400 billion dollar market are available for mail order. Eight. 80% of outpatient prescriptions. I mean, and Carl, Carl, you're talking about 84 million, 84 million people at least. We don't know yeah. the number. They never give it to us. Let's assume 84, 85 million people have Prime in the United States right now, right? Right. But I think it's about 100. Could be, right? Yeah. I mean, Carl, I got to tell you, uh, people think of, of Amazon as the lowest price. I don't think there's anybody who worries about their privacy with Amazon. I mean, there was a time where I think people would say, I don't want, I don't want them to have my information. I think that the drugstores have done a disservice. I don't think that their pharmacies are neighborhood pharmacies for the most part. So, Carl, the, the linkage between the neighborhood, neighborhood pharmacy and the customer, I think, is broken. And this is a good time for Amazon. Well, as you guys point out, uh, PillPack was a 2018 deal. So this has been in the ether out there for, for quite some time, right. Jim. Depot's the other amazing story. Our, our Robert Hum points out that this morning that through Q3, Jim, about $100 billion in revenue, that is not that far from the entire year last year of $110 billion, and comps up 24, uh, inventory up 2, average ticket up 10, traffic up 13. It's an amazing set of metrics. And it's not enough. And I think that, again, uh, the stock has run up, but there's also a definitive housing trade. Uh, the housing stocks peaked when Pfizer came out with its vaccine. And David, you know, there is a there's the pre Pfizer world and the post. And as soon as we got the possibility of nationwide vaccine, there are stocks that have been that, that people have been running from like you wouldn't believe. And they were the stocks that people got excited about because we didn't think that we would have a vaccine anytime soon. Right. And we saw that last week. And then we saw it again yesterday in the response to the Moderna news about right. 40, uh, 94.5 percent effectiveness for their potential vaccine candidate, both of which we could be seeing fairly soon, at least hopefully being actually put into people's arms, let's call it by early next year, most vulnerable. But Jim, does it make sense? Have we gone too far one trade to the other? Are we not taking account of the economic devastation that is going to be uh, the case for a lot of small businesses over the next couple of months as coronavirus cases? That's why I want to buy Walmart. If I can buy Walmart under 150, that's a nice turn from where it was at 154 because there's no stimulus. So uh, it's too far. The general distribution of the vaccine, David, is too far versus the competition that must go under because the balance sheets of anybody, I mean, this is like the restaurants where 40% are going under. The balance sheets can't be sustained against Walmart. 
uh, I, even grocery stores will have to examine whether grocery stores, whether there'll be more places like King's that go bankrupt. It is really uh, a remarkable time because I think that Walmart is the Darwinian winner of the brick, brick and mortar. And to get rid of that stock right now is to be very short-sighted. Very. So the landscape will simply be Walmart, a target It'll be here, watch. I've just been watch. Home Depot and, and virtually a Costco and virtually. Well, look, I think I've been in contact with Costco. It, it, and, then you're at, and then guys on the street delivering your Amazon stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so. And why not? Why not? That's the way of the, that's the, way of the future. And we can't fight it. Carl, Costco last night gives $10 to their customers, to their owners, because the balance sheet's so great. They don't special, have any special problem. Special dividend, yeah. A special dividend, Carl. I mean, just put it in my pocket, please. As, as, yep. This is a great yep. time the, for Costco. The, and no, no samples. It's the... F- it's the fourth special dividend uh, in the past eight years. It's also the largest. And, Jim, we talk about it all the time. Costco investors basically live for two things, membership fee increases and special dividends. Yeah, I, Costco is a, a business where all you got to do is see how many people are signing up and you know how they're doing because they don't want to necessarily make a lot of money. When I was out in, in Seattle, David, I don't know if you ever drink wine, but they had Camus well below what a distributor can get it at before they mark it up. Really? I yes. I like that. Good and I years, do, too. I like to drink the Camus that you buy at your parties. Yes. In fact, I don't leave that area where, when they're actually pouring it. When I have the special 40-year? Yes. But uh, it is a remarkable thing to see the prices Costco. But remember, they want you as a member, and that's how they make their money. And they're just, they are just now uh, going to storm China. Can you imagine? They're going to storm China. Storm it, really? Just take it by storm? You know, Walmart yeah. tried to do that uh, a number of years back. I remember they, having been there. It's gone okay. They I opened think, their but. first one, and then they had to close it midday because there were so many customers. Yes, that happens. That happens. That happened with Walmart, too, though. We'll see. Wow. Well, Mr. Negative. No, I'm not being negative. China's a, 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 an incredibly important market. We know companies, we have them on all the time, that have had success there such as Apple and Starbucks. Yeah, and Biden, um, we, we haven't even talked, Carl, about the definitive nature of, uh, of people who try to say that Vice President or President-elect Biden is going to be similar to Trump when it comes to China. That's nonsense. I mean, Biden's going to default to the old way, which is that TPP and let's get all the allies together and let's not do anything yeah. uh, are alone. And I think the people who think, I mean, he's not an America firster. He's a world, you know, he's a one worlder, to quote uh, Wendell Wilkie. I really believe that this is a very different time that we're about to go into and that they've got they're going to there was a, a pre, I, President Clinton is saying that there is uh, that it's on she. I think that Biden is going to be um, uh, he's going to come in peace. He's going to come in peace. Enough saber well, rally. He's not going to tweet. She, you know, he's not going to do. I don't think he's going to tweet anything. Yep. Hank Paulson had some thoughts on how Biden's going to put China into a framework uh, earlier in the week. Pretty interesting comments. I did notice, Jim, that the journal has this story about Chinese companies listed here. Uh, according to the journal, uh, and, and looking at an SEC plan, need to have auditors overseen by U.S. regulators, which is something you've called for for uh, more than a year now. That's why I like Alibaba. I mean, David introduced me to Alibaba, and what was incredible was it, look like, it looks like an American company. I mean, David, it, it does, even though uh, you could necessarily argue that the uh, Communist Party sometimes doesn't like some of the things they got planned there. 
No, and that's always a continued question as to whether there's influence from the Communist Party. That's certainly been the case with TikTok. You hear it all the time. Well, what do they really have access to? Can they get access to whatever they want? Uh, I don't think that's the case, and we know Alibaba. Listen, I've been, it's a very well-run company. And don't forget, these are companies also that are developing, you know, we think of them perhaps in a different way. They're developing AI, for example, whether it's ByteDance or Alibaba or Tencent. They are developing a level of artificial intelligence that rivals, if not exceeds, what we've got going on here. Yep. And Carl, that's, that's a really important development as well as we talk about the competition between China and the United States. Yep. Indeed, guys, there is so much to get to this morning, oh, we get including a lot of the 13 Fs. Uh, and Berkshire uh, getting back into equities in a big way. Tesla joining the S&P. Dorsey and Zuckerberg in front of Senate Judiciary later on today. And, of course, Powell, what might he say about the Fed's efforts, perhaps, to supplement the lack of stimulus? Futures are weak on the Dow. Back in a minute. The market doesn't joke around. So why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Got retail sales in the books. Now we get uh, industrial production. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Yes, we are waiting our October read on industrial production, of course, and we're expecting a number around 1%. We're a little light on retail sales. We're coming in as expected, arguably a bit stronger here. Industrial production up 1.1%. Expecting one, we ended up with one-tenth better. And this is a very interesting number because ever since the April reads uh, where we were uh, highly negative, We've had four positives in a row, except for last month, which was down six-tenths. So we regained that positive uh, read on this series. And if we look at what's going on with regard to utilization rates, they were also better than expected. 72.8. This sequentially follows 71.5. And also, we had four ups in uh, these rates, and then we took a back step. 71.5 last month was a bit in reverse. It didn't sequentially follow higher, but this regains that. So both of these reads, industrial production capacity utilization, regain the offensive with regard to better than expected numbers, sequentially stronger, and giving us a better gauge of exactly what's going on with regard to mining and industrial production and some of those energy numbers, of course, that have such an impact on these particular numbers. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick. Yeah, plenty of Fed speak uh, to respond to both of those data sets later on today. In the meantime, we're watching Tesla, which is surging in the pre-market on news. It will be added to the S&P 500 prior to the opening of trade on December 21. This is among the highest valued companies ever to enter the index and its market cap of about $387 billion. That's based on the close, uh, makes it more valuable than 95% of the companies currently in the S&P. Jim, if you take uh, current trading into account, of course, the market cap is a forehandle. I think they're baffled. I really don't think they know how to handle this. What do you do? How do you kick? You can't have the S&P 500 only have 497 companies. Uh, although I've heard people on air sometimes say you know, there are 500 companies in the S&P. Shocker. Uh, I don't know what they would do. I mean, they can't. What do they knock out? Uh, they can't knock out the smalls. It doesn't do anything. David, when they balance this, I think it is going to be, they almost seem to have to take at, make everything smaller. Right. How, how about that? 
I guess. But, well, we've talked about, though, the influence of these mega cap companies on the index itself. Yeah. For the longest time, I always drew the distinction between the Dow and the S&P in part because one's a price-weighted index, one's market-weighted. But the fact is that Apple and Alphabet and Amazon and Microsoft, and then you get down a little bit, all right, right. Facebook and then Tesla, they have enormous impact on the on the movement of the of the index itself. It's only what six, seven companies. And that's why I think that you see a lot of these younger investors say, you know what, I'm gonna pick the best of the best. This index doesn't necessarily represent what I want, which is a piece of America. It represents a piece of about seven companies. And I think the younger people are not fooled. They are not in deceit. They do like ETFs, but they like to buy individual stocks that they think are going to be right. And that's been their pattern. Carl, younger people are really in to certain stocks. I love Neo, for instance. Wait, you just yawned at my analysis. I was not on television, you, and it was something I couldn't help. But you crushed me. Uh, everybody, he's looking at me even though he's talking, and I'm not on TV. And yes, I what? had a brief catching my, my breath. I, my and Neo analysis. Jim. I was listening to Neo. Go ahead. Neo tell me about the young people in Neo. I want to hear about it. I'll get back to you. No, the younger people, Carl, the younger people are transfixed. They love to buy Simon properties when there's good news about retail sales. And any time that anyone says, you know what, I might cruise, like Norwegian Cruise Lines, if they offer it, and I think they're going to, a test from CVS, and everyone's got to be tested, test, 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 and they come out and issue a release, they will buy Norwegian Cruise Lines. They are kings of the obvious. That's what they like. They like the obvious. Uh, Tesla goes up. Well, let's buy Tesla. How about hydrogen? Let's buy hydrogen. It's like they are, they are herd animals. They are herd animals. Hey, you know what? Uh, the Steelers are in first place. Let's buy the Steelers. That's the way they think. They well, do. It, Jim, it's working for them. It is. Well, that's my point. For that's why my point is, is that the S&P 500 is old fashioned to uh, these understood. people. But it was a number of months back when we all thought, well, we're going to probably watch this new cohort drop off. But they have. No, no they have they're more involved off. than ever. And they're smart. And Carl, they're fun. They love it. They love individual stocks. Even though, we keep, even though we think that they only love indices, Carl, they love stocks. And I think it's fantastic. We, we hope it works out for them, guys. We'll take a break. Still a lot more to get to with the opening bell in 10 minutes. Don't go away. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. About seven and a half minutes before we get started with an opening bell. Let's get to a mad dash. Cummins engine. David, one of the greatest fights playing out right now, this is including among young people, is hydrogen versus electric. 
And Cummins this morning, they have a proactive approach to a gradual transition. Thank you, Bernstein, saying, listen, it's far out in time, but they're investing right now. Now, why is hydrogen interesting, David? Because Musk thinks it's a joke. He does. He does. He laughs at it. No one thinks it's going to be now. I mean, the Chinese are making hydrogen buses. Hydrogen basically doesn't have, you know, I'm talking about green hydrogen, you know, the best kind, the right. best kind. But uh, this is saying that they have to commit now for the future. But Musk thinks there's no future to hydrogen. Are they putting real capital behind yes, that? Yes, that's, David, yes, that's exactly what they're doing. Okay. They're putting real capital behind it. Okay. Um, how did you get, you, you always know everything. But it, it, what I think is really important is because is that there's room for both. Right. See, that's you know, there's room for EV right. and there's room for hydrogen. And you have to be thinking that Steve Jobs last right before he died. What did he want? He wanted a car that ran on water. Well, a car that runs on hydrogen could be like that. That's pretty. Close. And remember, if you were EV, you plug right into a coal based system. Right. Remember, we're well, still not 28 percent. coal. No. is it? Are we still 28 percent? I thought we yeah. were falling even we're below trying. That. Yeah. You know, those turbines that GE puts up? Yeah. How do you pronounce turbine? Uh, uh, turbine. Right. So what is that? A turbine is... I know. will know that Larry Culp is one of us, yeah. and GE is a, is a regular company when they start pronounce, pronouncing it turbine. While we're on hydrogen, and I hear the music, what, but what? does this have any impact at all on Nikola, which of course is... Oh my, David, you that got that so right. That was, was going to be tomorrow's Mad Dash. Oh, it is? You're yes. Hey, by the way, I've got Lordstown tonight. Lordstown. Lordstown. Oh, oh, Lordstown. Okay. Lordstown. Got yes, it. Yes, I, I got it. Yep. Got it. Lordstown. I know, I know them. Okay. Look at that. Steve Burns, you know, he's, he, he, he's top workhorse. He's top workhorse guy. Okay. That's a whole other world, David, that I'm involved with. You're, it's so many it's different It's kind worlds. of like Kirby's fourth Your world. Your worlds upon worlds upon worlds. Yeah, as I like to say. A riddle. I'm all these things. It's your world. We're just living in it. All right, we got an opening bell coming right up next. We've hit some of the retail numbers today out of Walmart and Home Depot, Jim. We didn't touch on Kohl's. Comps down 13 and change. We were looking for down uh, 12 and change, but I know it's one of the names that you've said has been challenged for a long time. You know, uh, you guys are, you have Michelle got. Uh, Gosselin, which is really fabulous. I'll tell you why. Because this is considered to be the ultimate non-essential retailer, not unlike Nordstrom. It has been sneaking up. And so my question is, is there room for this company in a world where Walmart and Target and Amazon are so powerful? Now, they will say that they have certain brands that people like. But I would I would come right back and say, you know what? If you go to Amazon, you can get pretty much everything. So I think you've got to ask. This is a very much existential issue. David, well, no, you, you don't shop. Uh, Carl, when you go to a Kohl's, you look around. I can get everything from other places. Everything at better prices. So I need to know why they exist. Oof. Oof. Have Oof. we decided that the uh, partnership with Amazon pickup delivery uh, points uh, mattered or not? Amazon certainly doesn't talk about it. I mean, they've talked about it, but people seem to go right through it, and maybe they can say that they buy some things. Look, I think Kohl's is a... I used to shop at Kohl's. I mean, I used to get my, my gold toe uh, uh, socks there. I, I like their shirts because we get makeup on our shirts. I, I wear their pants on the weekends. But I, my problem is, David, that, uh, that I can't use Amazon for almost everything now. So you're, but you're questioning their reason for being. Yeah, it's a raison d'etre. Yeah, that seems pretty significant. Well, it's not like you know, it's not like we close. It's not like Sart. 
It's okay. not a Camus situation. You're not questioning TJ Maxx, however, a different retailer, which is a far, they, far larger market cap. Well, but Do they, they differentiate still? I can get TJX stuff right through the price of Amazon, particularly underwear. Lower, much lower. Much lower. Yeah. David, their underwear prices are to die for. They're giving it away. They are practically giving it away. <laughs> There's a wall of underwear there that comes under. Macy's has got it like four times. But they do come under Amazon when it comes to underwear. Yep. But Amazon has great variety. What are you laughing at? I'm just, actually, I go there too for that. But when we used to be downtown, Carl, yeah. one of my favorite things to do was as soon as the show was over, sneak over to TGX and see what they had. It was right across the street. Probably it was still so is right across good. the street, Carl. It's just we haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Oh, what was it like down yeah, there? Was, that was a heavenly TGX. I bought a lot of uh, pants there. We'll, we'll get back there, guys. Um, the opening bell, of course, uh, with some opening declines. Walmart, Home Depot, Walgreens are uh, going to drag the Dow down about 80 points uh, here at the open gym. Speaking of shopping in person, uh, we got new restrictions yesterday out of California, Philly, Kansas City, Chicago, New Mexico, Washington State, and Iowa. That's just the ones that were announced yesterday, and we're expecting some more this week out of the likes of Minnesota. How much of that red screen is, do you think is because of that? Uh, I think that the lockdown, the re- without, the, without the stimulus, is kind of an American tragedy that both, both parties just let everybody down. There isn't any sign of compromise. People need money to stay home. They had money to stay home last time. The number of firings is pretty great. We're going to see a spike, I think, in unemployment. But uh, I don't know. Does the president, current president, David, uh, it, it, it doesn't, I know he won the election according to his Twitter feed, but that's, he's a minority in that. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Right? He did not. He lost. Um, well, you're, you're definitive. Yeah, I am. I'll, I'm willing to be definitive on that because we live in. You're a going right world against here, the president. And right now, you're going right against the president for a long time because when it comes to making financial decisions, you can't actually rely on fiction. So, well, yes. I, I agree with you, and I think that what's happened is is that without stimulus, there's a lot of people who are out of luck. Yeah, and it doesn't appear that we're going to get anything. Certainly not between now and January 20th, and it's very much unclear. Which, as we all, most people believe, the Senate will remain in Republican control. What Mitch McConnell will really be happy to sign off on or willing to, particularly with the vaccine coming and the idea that hey, the reopening is not that far away. So, the numbers that Nancy Pelosi in the House had once hoped for—I mean, that's just no. They should have taken the deal when they had the chance, maybe. If There's there was no, a chance. If right. there was. People say they should have, but it was never clear what McConnell would have gone for anyway, even with the White House on board. Scrooge ain't delivering no, no turkey to Cratchit in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, this is a... So it's going to be a rough... It's going to be a very months, tough Christmas. Yeah. But do you think they care? They're so busy fighting each other? Carl, it's a disgrace. I'm not going to try to get into their heads, Jim. That's, that's dangerous territory. I will ask you, though about Powell and the notion that the Fed feels they need to do something in its place, right, either on duration or on the monthly pace of asset purchases. We're currently running $80 billion a month, but I've seen some projections that say they could take it to 120 Well, I mean, that man has a heart, and he sees exactly what's happening. Uh, I, I really uh, commend him for recognizing the American tragedy that's developing between here and the vaccine. Because he knows that there are a lot of stores, a lot of restaurants that cannot sustain this downturn. David, when I look at the Darden stock, which is above where it was before the pandemic, what that says to me is every other Italian place that you want to go is falling apart versus Olive Garden, David. 
It's going to be a very, very tough go for any restaurants in the Northeast or any area, frankly, that uh, is going to get cold. I mean, I just think it's as simple as that, given all the restrictions, Carl, that you just went through and more, more to come. And obviously the area we know well in the New York area, what they're going to go through, it's, uh, yeah, it, without any more PPP money or any more government aid, it's, it's not going to be good. Yeah, um, Carl, yeah, Carl, we have to watch Peloton. Peloton is the tail of the tape. Why? Well, because if there's a big lockdown that's going to last forever, people are going to start buying Pelotons again. Yeah. That was the way it worked. That was the Peloton indicator, kind of like the lipstick indicator of the old days, David. The Peloton indicator. Carl, I don't know. Right. I mean, uh, David Costin, I really love. He's very, uh, uh, he's prolific. He's a prolific fellow. Uh, he was saying that health care <laughs> is the cheapest it's been you know, since uh, when Clinton dr- went to Merck at, at Rahway and almost destroyed them and said, basically, look, you guys are a bunch of jokers right in front of Dr. Vagelos, who's the chairman right now of Regeneron. Remember them? Because you take two Regeneron and you're better, David. <laughs> I, I, I think that we have to look at health care after this decline. I urge people to look at McKesson because McKesson is the company that's distributing the vaccine. And they're going to do a great job. And I think that that's a nine times earnings now. That is too cheap. So I like some of these stocks coming down. Yeah. We can't just give up on everything. Uh, guys, let's get back to the Amazon effect this morning because we saw all the red on the, on the uh, real-time exchange. I mean, there's a good amount of it just as a result of Amazon's announcing uh, Amazon Pharmacy. Prescription yes. medications delivered from Amazon, of course. Prime members can access savings on medications at Amazon Pharmacy when paying without insurance as well. And they're talking at over 50,000 other participating pharmacies nationwide. Um, big savings is what they're offering. Obviously, free uh, delivery uh, within two days as well. Um, let's just go through some of the names. Well, there you see. There you see them. Uh, Rite Aid, Walgreens, CVS, GoodRx, of course, all getting hammered Good on this move in. But also the drug distributors. Don't forget them. Uh, I don't know if we have Cardinal Health or McKesson. Interestingly, uh, Amerisource Bergen actually is a uh, is PillPak's distributor. Yes, but I don't I don't know if that necessarily extends to Amazon Pharmacy because remember PillPak is going to still be operated as a uh, uh, a distinct service for customers who manage their multiple daily. Medications oh, you're right, David. Look at how little Amerisource. That's look, look at how little they're down. Yeah, so that's that's not down as much. No, but Cardinal ABC. Health, obviously McKesson, and then we saw all the big. Uh, drug, uh, comp- drug, dist- uh, I should say, drug chains. Well, CVS and Walgreens being the key ones. Um, CVS bought Aetna, and now maybe we know why, right? Yeah. Look at that stock. It's just getting hammered, Karen Lynch, new CEO. How are we doing on getting some people on uh, to talk about it, Carl? Yeah, because I don't know. I mean, it's kind well, of guys- feel it's like friendly fire there among the drug companies. Uh, they usually, these companies love yeah. each other, frankly. It's kind of a nice... I don't know. It's not an oligopoly, but uh, this destroys whatever uh, pricing they have. The umbrella, the umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. Ella. In the meantime, Ella. in the meantime, guys, uh, <laughs> Pfizer did pick Rhode Island, Texas, New Mexico, and Tennessee for their vaccine delivery pilot program, which is uh, starting to get off the ground. They chose those four states because of their different uh, population uh, personalities. Uh, the other thing, Jim, two things. One is uh, Masasan is telling our Andrew Ross Sorkin a deal book about his uh, goals in terms of raising cash for what he calls a worst-case scenario. He says he's very pessimistic in the near term. Hmm. The other is B of A and their fund manager survey, Jim, which although is the most bullish of the year so far, uh, Hartnett says uh, sell the vaccine in coming days and weeks as we think we are close to what they're calling full bull. Wow. 
Uh, everybody who's tried to call a top here in anything has been completely wrong. Uh, I don't know where that money's going to go. It stays in. I mean, does it go to machinery? Those stocks are up big. Does it go to the autos? Those stocks are up big. My experience in this market is, is that uh, the money doesn't leave. It just doesn't leave. It's committed to stocks. There's still a lot of money on the sidelines. David, we have seen multiple expansion like you wouldn't believe. There's a note for, about, from Bergstein today mm-hmm. talking about how uh, CapEx is down. Uh, and that has increased their, uh, the possibility of the cash flow and their earnings. Yes. And maybe that's why the price earnings multiple has expanded. Uh, it wasn't like Tony Saganay said, and this is a good reason to buy it. But there are companies that are doing remarkable things with their cash flow. And a lot of the, a lot of the margins have been expanding in tech. Do they go back to tech? Do they go back to tech? Don't they always? They always do. It always seems as though they Because do. they love growth. Right. They go back to Snowflake, David. Snowflake. Has Snowflake's uh, price like to Rose revenue Biden. multiple Snowflake. come in a lot, Jim? I haven't even looked oh, at no, It's like 100 times sales, but, you know, easy come, easy sales. go. Yeah. 100 years worth of sales. I mean, obviously, we know the sales are going to go up dramatically. It's Slootman, David. Right. It's the Flying Dutchman. Right. No one's ever defeated Slootman. No. Uh, Masasun's pretty tough to defeat, too. He's had some rough goes of things. Carl mentioned it earlier. Uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin holding his annual deal book conference did interview Masa. Um, but there was a back and forth that wasn't particularly positive in terms of at least the near term uh, uh, with the pandemic. Take a listen. Well, uh, as I said, uh, the short run, I'm pessimistic that the, it, it's still increasing the second wave or third wave uh, of the COVID-19 uh, around the world. And of course, the vaccine is coming, uh, medical antibodies coming, but who knows, uh, in the next two, three months, any any uh, disaster could happen. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we're just preparing for the worst case scenario. But let's but for, for the audience, what do you, I, I, I hate to be pessimistic, given your optimism about life. Usually, what does that worst case scenario look like to you? Well, look, you know, before mass production, uh, distribution of the antibodies, the uh, vaccine comes. Uh, some major company go, could crash. Uh, the sa- savior of the those uh, you know collapse of the domino effect uh, could happen. You know, like a Lehman crisis. Just one bank uh, crisis made entire uh, you know the banking industry shake up and that made worldwide you know crash of the stock market so anything can happen in this kind of you know uh, situation i think it's getting better with the news of the vaccines uh, success of the early test but i still want to be prepared for the worst case scenario so Listening to to, uh, to Masa Jim, particularly given what SoftBank has had a very interesting year, let's call it. Yeah. Elliot got in the shares. They suddenly really changed their strategy in many ways, monetized an enormous amount of assets, bought back an enormous amount of stock. We talked about their day trading, their use of enormous options positions. Not clear that they've done particularly well in that in some of those technology companies uh, late in the summer that they were buying. That was a peak. But you heard him. He says he's preparing, at least wants to be prepared for, for a worst case scenario. Seems unclear, but making allusions to Lehman Brothers and the banking crisis of uh, 11, uh, 12 years and ago. And what's it exactly based on? 
His well, view, do you think? Well, it's his view. It's, yeah. But I, I find it troubling that he could be as bullish as he was on the most extended part of the market and then talk about how he's not good near term unless the calls ran out. <laughs> I don't know about where they stand in their options position, which had been fairly large. But again, Moss like has had a, another come from death. You know, he's near, I mean, near death experience with WeWork and the bank, everything going against right. him and then kind of really turning it around and realizing a lot of what had been undervalued assets at SoftBank for some time and started to realize the value of it. Well, it not to mention the arm transaction, not it, to mention, I mean, they've gone the through so many different things. Yeah. But you know what? You've got, it's a good segue into Warren Buffett, yep. Carl. I mean, Buffett, Blew out of his bank stocks uh, after really sticking by them for ages. He blew out of them and is buying pharma a la uh, Costins. These are once in a lifetime cheap as they've been. But uh, when, when I was chilled by the fact that Warren Buffett blew out of the banks uh, because I thought that he could, I guess he still has a lot of Bank of America, but that was, he blew out of JP Morgan like a no tomorrow. Yep. And Jamie Dimon, yep. by the way, uh, is on this- Andrew's thing tomorrow. Maybe, maybe J- Andrew asks him directly. Yeah, along with uh, Ruth Porat uh, tomorrow. But you're right. Uh, raised the stakes in Bank of America, uh, lowered the stake in GP- uh, JPM, and liquidated Costco. Jim, I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah, liquidated Costco. I, I thought that's a mistake. I mean, I- oh, well, it is a mistake. I mean, it's just been nothing but up since he sold it. It's been nothing but up since it yeah. came public. It's done pretty well with that Apple position, yeah. <laughs> which yes. is by far the largest. And that was position. because he saw people with this at yeah. the Dairy Queen. Yeah. Right? There you go. I haven't gotten any calls at all. Kind you of haven't? like David gets a lot of calls. I'm going to take a picture of David. I do get a lot of calls. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm going to post that. Guys, uh, all sectors are red. Uh, I got the, uh, the VIX back above 23. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Yeah, sort of a stay-at-home day for the stock market, Carl. Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Four to one declining to advancing stocks. And we kind of see the reversal here of uh, that vaccine uh, hopes, you could say, uh, today. Energy banks, leaders uh, yesterday, laggards today. Uh, industrials also laggards. Uh, tech down a little bit here. Consumer discretionary is doing a little bit better because that's because consumer discretionary is where a lot of those stay-at-home stocks are today. So if you look at the few stocks that are on the upside, most of them are in that consumer discretionary group. So Amazon's uh, trading up about 1%. Uh, eBay, uh, Domino's, if you put up some of those there, uh, Domino's uh, flattished. Etsy, Best Buy, all those stocks, uh, stay-at-home stocks doing a little bit better. Meantime, money is definitely coming into the stock market. One of the reasons I pay close attention to the exchange-traded fund industry, the ETFs, is you can watch the money flows. You can watch because there are shares created and redeemed depending upon the demand for it. And there's been a lot of money in the last several weeks going into the equity market. There's particularly large inflows into large and small-cap equities, plain vanilla, S&P 500 index funds, Russell 2000 index funds, big inflows into those in the last several weeks. Generally, there have been outflows from Treasury ETFs, finally, uh, and even some outflows from the biggest gold ETF, uh, the GLD. That's interesting as well. By the way, the ETF business now passed $5 trillion in assets under management. That's a new record. We're probably going to see an all-time record for inflows this year, and a lot of it, as I mentioned, in the last few weeks. Hey, speaking of uh, money coming off the sidelines, did you see this uh, the, the fund flows here from the Bank of America Global Fund Manager Survey. This is a survey of global fund managers. These guys are really bullish right now. I was surprised 
realize that these numbers here, cash levels, 4.1%. That is a very, very low number. It hasn't been below 4% since 2013. All right, it's not below it yet, but you get the idea. Uh, they're taking uh, money and putting it into the markets. Uh, 84% believe that global profits will be improving in 2021. And that may seem like not a lot, but that's the highest level since 2002. That's the most bullish they've been on global profits improving uh, in, uh, in 18 years. And of course, not surprisingly, the most crowded trade is long tech. People have been knowing that for a while, and we've been seeing money coming out of that. As far as Tesla going into the S&P 500, this is a very good teaching moment to remind people about the power of the indexers and the power of passive investing. So there's about, uh, there's about $30 trillion dollars uh, in assets under management at the S&P 500, that's about 80% of the market value of the entire United States stock market. Passive investors own about 25%, those indexers. That's why when Tesla goes in the S&P, those passive investors have to buy it. This is why we pay attention. There's an awful lot of money indexed to the S&P 500. As for what it might do to the S&P, it's very interesting because Tesla's going to be in the consumer discretionary se section. And right now, Amazon's the big dog in the consumer discretionary section. If you put that up, it's 40% Amazon of the S&P consumer discretionary group right now. If you put Tesla in, it's 35%. So it's going to be 4%, 5% lower than it was before. Tesla's going to be about 10% of the consumer discretionary group and about 1% of the S&P 500. And Carl, here's something important. Tesla is not going in at 100% of the market cap. It's only going in at 80% of its market cap because 20% isn't publicly available. So the way I figure it right now, Tesla will probably be about number 14 or number 15 somewhere in the S&P 500, somewhere right around NVIDIA's market cap and Home Depot's market cap. Maybe, you know, 300 and, you know, 80, 300, it was 386 yesterday. It'll be a little bit less than that. So important thing is big day for Tesla. Back to you, Carl. Yes. <laughs> Better late than never, Bob. Thanks. I know uh, Santelli's okay. watching uh, yields and uh, yuan and euro. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Rick. Absolutely. I'm watching all of those. Let's start out with interest rates. We had a lot of data points today. We we're a bit light on retail sales. Industrial production, though, surprised with some strength. Look at the intraday chart. We traded down to 86 basis points. Was If you look at a two-day chart, below yesterday's 87 basis point low. That's important. So we now sit down four basis points. We still have some data points left. But the important part is, as you look at a month-to-day chart, we're losing a little bit of that momentum. So it's going to be very important to keep a very close eye on stocks today because stocks is the magic elixir that could give the extra kick to push those rates back up. If you look at that month-to-day chart, what should jump out at you is last Wednesday was the high watermark close going all the way back to pre-COVID, basically March, where we settled at 98 basis points. Now let's switch gears and look at what's going on with regard to uh, the Chinese yuan versus the dollar. The dollar now is at a 29-month low going all the way back to June of 2018, and the euro currency is at a six-month low sitting at the same place it was November 2nd. We need to pay close attention because we have a good look at what's going on with China. Chinese economy looking at its currency. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. So uh, obviously unwinding some of yesterday's gains uh, back to essentially Friday's levels. The number of uh, green Dow components has dwindled to Salesforce and Merck. We're back in a moment. Take a look at some of the NASDAQ 100 gainers this morning. Uh, it's Tesla and Costco at the top, two names that we've already covered uh, news-wise this morning. But, Jim, uh, stay-at-home narratives sort of stitched through there. EA, Activision, Take-Two, uh, Timo, which, of course, yeah. was part of the uh, 
Buffett 13F. Nascent, nascent moves here. Now, take two was up two. Now it's a bit tough. You know, you got to really fight the futures here. Uh, but we're seeing uh, some traditional ones. Zoom up a little bit. Uh, Roku. I mean, those are the ones to watch. I think that there is, uh, I, I mentioned Peloton as a great tell. But uh, I think that, look, the numbers are terrible. about, And a lot of people are going to stay home. And this is uh, the tale of the tape again. Uh, geez, we're, we're really reverting to where we were. It's rather amazing. David, the numbers are so horrendous. And there's no congressional. What are they doing down there? Are they taking a break? Yeah. A little Thanksgiving yeah. day? Carl, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we keep saying it, but it's important to point out, given everything else, that uh, we're not going in the right direction when it comes to uh, COVID cases and hospitalizations. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, the White House not really uh, handing the baton to the President-Alexa transition team. Uh, absolutely, guys. Are you we'll just posted a, a Giuliani thing, Carl? Your Giuliani uh, tweet just now. Very important. Jim, so Lordstown tonight? Yes, ticket to ride. All right. D-E is the symbol. And Rockwell Automation, fresh off their analyst meeting. I cannot wait to talk to Steve Burns. Jim, we can't wait either. Uh, we'll see you at 6 o'clock. Yep, uh, Mad Money, of course, 6 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> Jim, good hour. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> 